No, we gotta go to Greenville. Lower Greenville. What's good, bro? Welcome to Happy Hour. This is Happy Hour. Such a long time. Oh, this list. I'm so rich. You good? You hear me? Abs like Abel Crabby Fitch. What's going on? It's your boy, Weston Kirk, and right now, you are checking out Happy Hour. Take your... Yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. At some point, I'm probably going to have to lose these headphones. I, de- I didn't think about... Um, I was like, yo, I want to wear a cowboy hat to this, and I didn't think about how the headphones would work, so... It's okay, I forgot beads, so I had to... <laughs> I spared a bead for Mason. Actually, I guess before we get into it, we were, we were, just, at, um, we were just at Sidecar Social out in Addison... And I was telling them, so really cool place. If you ever are in the area, North Dallas, they've got really good food. One of my favorites is that fried chicken sandwich out there. But um, we were out there kind of getting a few drinks, trying to loosen up for this. And uh, I was like, Mason, I got to go to the bathroom. So went to the bathroom and um, I was just tripping out because when you walk in, there's, it's basically there's mirrors and there's a bunch of, a bunch of different panels. So, one one panel is a mirror. The next one is like a glass window that goes through to the woman's restroom. And I was like, this may not be the men's restroom. So I walked back out, made sure it was the men's restroom. And then I just had to come back and tell, tell Mason all about it. So nonetheless, we went to Sidecar Social, really cool spot in Addison. And we're really excited to be here. Really grateful for everybody that's hopping on. Um, really, the idea of this is we're going to be doing the first 30 minutes or so. We got it for about an hour long. So the first 30 minutes, we're going to be talking about more current events that are going on, giving some feedback and perspective. And uh, second half of this podcast, we're going to be talking about real estate, business, getting into it. We got some other people calling in. Make sure to stay to the very end. We were trying to go live on YouTube, but it didn't work out. Um, so anyways, we're live on Facebook, and this will be posted to YouTube. But Mason, um, welcome, you know. I'm gonna losing this, but we uh, we did a round three now. Yeah, we did a we did a podcast back in um, what was it 2020? What's going on, guys? My name is Weston Kirk. Today I've got my man Mason Kleinsmith with us. We are starting a new podcast on this channel. Super excited about it. It's been a long time coming. Like during COVID, and. it was cool. We had a really cool setup. Why don't you tell them about that? Like, we're, what's changed since then for you? And uh, so our setup on that last podcast was in Assurance Financial's office in Roanoke. There. Yeah. Uh, but since then, moved on, started a new job with Wells Fargo. Uh, I'm going to be managing the loans in branches in Decatur and Springtown in Rome. Cool. So out there helping as many Wells Fargo customers as I can primarily, and then obviously going to events and Helping as many friends and family as I can doing that. But, yeah, that, pod, the, it, that first podcast was definitely a learning experience. Absolutely. And, uh, I feel a little bit more confident probably going into this one than I did the last one. I uh, really didn't know what I was doing on the last one so much, I don't think. Me either. <laughs> uh, yeah, and what's really cool about this one, um, so when the we're actually at a podcast. It's a studio here in Dallas, and uh, it's Mark McRae is he he runs this, and he actually used to host ninety seven nine The Beat. That's like when we were in high school. That was the you know the go to radio station. So it's a really cool spot he has out here, and, and really grateful that he lets us come out here and do yeah, we're this. We're doing it. We're doing it right this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Last time it, we were just scrambling because it's like we had to do. We had to take care of the whole setup by ourselves. We had to record it ourselves. I edited it myself. 
Um, and it's like, you know, we're trying to record it and talk about stuff that's going on, and then the camera would die, and it would just, and, but we're still live over here, and it was, the whole thing was a mess. Podcast probs. Pop, podcast probs. Yeah. Pop, podcast. Um, but, um, yeah, so being said, we're getting into current events, and one of the most interesting ones to me, bro. Taking all the headlines. All the headlines. And it took, it took all my time. I watched this live for like two weeks straight. It was terrible, but it was so good. Uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, you know? Um, so what, what's your take? Like, how much do you know about it? I mean, should we explain it? I watch TikTok. Like so basically I'm informed, yeah. you, you know, yeah. you know, that's where you get your news. Yeah. So Johnny's a winner and <laughs> Amber Heard sucks. Like, yeah. End of story. We're done. That's, that's yeah. what I know. I just don't understand. So like when I'm watching that, right. Cause really basically what had happened, she, what Johnny Depp sued her for defamation for what? 50 50 million originally yeah, i can't remember what the first lawsuit was uh but the second lawsuit came back and johnny sued for 50 million and then she's countersued for defamation for 100 million okay that's that's yeah. where to me i was like bro she's lost it because okay i saw aquaman aquaman that's like the is, is that the only i don't know any other movie she's in yeah I, I didn't know who amber heard was before this trial to be honest yeah so I saw Aquaman. I loved Aquaman. I I honestly didn't know Amber Heard was in it until this was going on. So um, when I'm reading that and I'm like, okay, Johnny Depp suing her for fifty million. Like, obviously that's a lot of money. But I've never. I'll be honest, and people are probably gonna rip me for this, but I've never seen Pirates of the Caribbean. What? Never. Man, you don't you don't have the knowledge of like the Pirates of the Caribbean run, Johnny Depp's like. Ganter, so I played the yeah. video game on PS2, like crazy. Wow! But the, mo- the the movie, I can't say honestly that I've ever seen it. That's so, a shame. but but my point in that is, I've never. The only movie I feel like I've seen with Johnny Depp was Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, right? Mm-hmm. Sick, right. dude. Sick movie. Uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean. Sick better. Mo- Come on, bro. So, <laughs> we'll disregard that's, that. That's like saying you haven't watched Harry Potter. Haven't, have you? Nope, nope. I've seen one of them. My grandparents took me to see one of them, but it wasn't like I was like, "Is this cool?" But like, there's better movies out there. So, anyways, um, not seeing Pirates of the Caribbean and seeing Aqu- like I loved Aquaman, loved it, but he's suing for fifty million, right? And it's like if I've never seen it, and I know very well who Johnny Depp is. I loved Aquaman. I have no idea who Amber Heard is. How in the world could could the damage done in that scenario be twice as bad as Johnny Depp's? Like, there's for, for def, defamation yeah. specifically. It's crazy. Um, and and when I was I watched it all live, and it's basically like they're they're looking at the um, projected growth of Amber Heard, you know. So they like calculated it and stuff, and I was like, I don't know who's doing these calculations, but. That's a stretch, you know, hundred million. So uh, the smack that I heard on Amber Heard, just as far as like details go, I guess gossip. Not that I'm one to gossip, but apparently Mason, Amber Mason's Heard. Mason's a big gossiper. Amber Heard in this trial was going out, and during the trial was staying at, I don't know, it's called it an Airbnb for like five to ten grand a night. Just she was not, uh, she was not struggling during the trial. I'll say that. And now that the trial's over, 
and she won, granted, I'll, I'll preface this, she won $7 million in the first trial, right? And she was staying at great Airbnbs, nice places through this entire trial. She loses this one. She was awarded $2 million. Johnny was awarded $10 million. Now she says she can't pay. Brutal, man. Of course she She's can't pay. She's staying at nice places, and she can't pay the money now think- that she owes to Johnny, even though she had she won $7 million in the prior trial. Where She doesn't have it now. Where'd it go? Uh, probably the Caymans in a bank account. Do you think she paid for those Airbnbs? Because she was no with, she's with Elon, you know what I mean? I, think, I bet Elon paid for those Airbnbs. I couldn't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I don't know. That was wild, though. It was, like, super entertaining. It's it's crazy how live trials have been, like, a source of entertainment. It's just weird thinking about it from a perspective of a media company. Like, if you got to look at it, too, like, okay, we did Written House, and then we had Amber Heard. Who's next? Yeah, trials have been blown up. I mean, think about it. If you're if you're getting revenue from those companies, it's like you you have to be looking for the next like hit. I mean, the news companies are eating it up though. Like something like that comes out here. I mean, it. I'd say it doesn't matter what celebrity it, celebrity it is. If there's a trial, it's going to be covered. No doubt. This one's just a little bigger. Yeah. No. It, I don't know. It's just. I don't know. I wonder if do they, I wonder if they get monetized. I don't know what you mean. Like I wonder if they get ad money from people watching a live the stream trial. trial. Oh, someone's getting paid, no doubt. Well, I, I know, but I'm wondering if it's like directly from YouTube ads or if it's from uh you know, call it like Washington Post. Like saying like hey, just throw our logo in. So it's the clicks, baby. Yeah. It's it's selling something. I just wonder, like I've always wondered, like where that revenue stream's coming from, you know? Because um, it, it it seems like it wouldn't be right to to have ad money come in on that. I'd be salty if I was on in trial, knowing like this sucks, and the people recording this are getting paid for me being here. Anyways, um, we'll wait for Young Thug till Demarius hops on. Let's talk about, what do you think? Should we get into the Uvalde? Should we go there? Tell me the deets, brother. The deets that I got. Okay, so everyone probably already knows this, the Uvalde shooting that happened. Um, From what I understand, some, how old was he, 18? Not sure. No? Okay, your trusted news source is going to My trusted North Seuss is you right now. (laughs) I'm your North Seuss. source. I didn't uh, do my red leather, yellow leather warm up before I got in here, and it's really hurting me now. No, we're good. Um, so, Uvalde. Oh yeah, Uvalde. <laughs> so for the Uvalde shooting, basically, there's a eight, let's call him 18. We're gonna stick with 18. He's 18 years old. Busted in, or he went and bought two AR-15s like like a couple days before the shooting or whatever, and um, apparently he didn't have a driver's license. That's what I heard. I heard that someone had to, like, drive them to get it, and they were trying to figure out who, who drove them there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, does that, apparently, like, the day of the shooting, he's posting about it on social media, um, pops his, his grandma, and then heads off and, and, and does what he does. Um, I didn't necessarily want to go too far into that because it's, like, that's just a terrible situation. Yeah, man, it's a little depressing. Yeah, I didn't want to make this dark, but I more so wanted to just – 
talk about like like at least talk about the the more like the police situation on that and what happened um and you know like i said don't don't hold me to anything i'm saying we're just kind of talking around and like this is very general knowledge but um like apparently he was there for 40 to 50 minutes he was inside the school and there were cops waiting outside i've seen some videos and there were like cops outside and the parents were like, let us in. We want to go save our kids. And the cops were like, you got to stay back. You got to stay back. They believed they had him contained. Um, apparently, he, he clearly maybe wasn't. Um, and, you know, what ended up happening, a Border Patrol agent that was off-duty busted in and executed the 18-year-old. Um, and 50 minutes, you said? 40 to 50 minutes. That's nuts, man. Yeah, like, and, and, it, and it, it hits home, you know, because, like, I've got a nephew. I've got my cousin, Zach, who will be on this. He's got kids. My mom works at a school. And, like, just in general, there, sh- there shouldn't be, in my opinion, I, like, there shouldn't be any, po- like, way that someone could just get in with an AR. And, and, and they said, too, that he was, like, hanging outside. Like, there was already, like, a security guard outside that, like, he apparently he just like I don't know if he got around him or how that really played out, but apparently there was someone outside. They knew he was out there. He was posting on social media. Dude busted in, and like it took them an hour to do something. So I, I think you know what what if okay you're you're chief police out there. What do you think? Like they're fired, right? Like I'd fire them. I'd fire everybody that was there. Yeah, that's not a good situation. They shouldn't be cops. Like involved. you know, they just like you shouldn't be a cop if you can't. Step up there. And that's a lot to say. Like, I'm not a cop, so I shouldn't, you know, say that. But nonetheless, I just thought that was, like, it just seems to me, like, and, and I don't want to put all the blame on the cops. It just seems like an avoidable situation in, in some form or fashion. It seems avoidable. Well, moving moving past the Uvalde shooting, you know, yeah. cause, cause and effect-wise, what's the result of this? I mean, people have been going on for gun change for, like, a really, really long time. And especially for to secure the schools, and there's a huge portion, especially where we're at, uh, people yeah. that really think that, I mean, I'm not saying one way or the other that arming teachers is right or wrong or uh, that metal detectors should be installed at every school is right or wrong. Or I'm not going to take a side. but It's a tough place to take a side on. People have been saying that we needed gun change for a long time, and it just really hasn't happened. And I think the disappointment that um, nothing really has changed uh, frustrates a lot of people. Very well said. I think so, too. That was very well said. Um, and we'll, we'll tra- we can kind of transition from that. Uh, so being said, you know what? Okay. I'm going to, I got to give a lot of respect cause I hate the warriors. We're moving on to lighter topics. So two and two in the series, baby. Well, no, no, no. But what I was going to say is, is on that, uh, when that happened, I was super moved by what Steve Kerr said. Like Steve Kerr, uh, if, if you hadn't seen the Steve Kerr speech that happened like right after, you know, I absolutely hate the warriors with, with as much as I oh, love the rockets. No. Oh, no. As much as I love the Rockets, and um, you know, watching them, watching them last night, I was like, man, I just want them to lose as bad as I want the Rockets to win. But when when that happened, I did gain a lot of respect for Steve Kerr. He just had a very, he just he, you know, for someone that has a lot to lose, I'll let you watch it on your own. But for someone that has a lot to lose, it's it's good to see someone kind of step up and just say something that they deem right. You know, it was, it was a good good thing to see. But nonetheless. Celtics dropped the ball last night. Yeah, I was looking at the game stats. Uh, like seven minutes left in the game. I think Celtics win probability was at seventy-five percent. 
uh, and then just drops down with the Celtics win. I can't remember about how many points, but it was double digits. It's crazy. Well, in any case, World Cup's coming up. 2026, uh, Dallas is one of the final locations, um, not only to get selected for some of the match play, uh, but also for the championship game. The fine match play. Uh, just the games leading up to the tournament, or the final. So it's like the playoff? Me. Is that yes. if it's basketball, it's like the playoffs? Yes, basically. Okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, Dallas, what is it? L.A., Los Angeles, and also Atlanta are the three favorites to host the actual final. And Dallas has a pretty good shot. I mean, that'd be huge, and it'd be an AT&T Stadium. Uh, if it was selected, that's the stadium where everything would be played. And I just imag- I can't imagine how much business that would bring into Dallas and how many tourists just from, honestly, all over the world that will come in and see if Dallas does get selected for that final. It would be amazing. And um, I'm torn. I just – that sounds like – Sounds like a good time, man. If the World Cup was here, I would 100% want to go to one of those World Cup games. Sounds like a That's, lot of traffic. It, it does so much traffic. <laughs> man, I'm going to just be trying to go to Whole Foods, yeah. you know? See all these Barcelona jerseys and shit. Well, <laughs> uh, Spain, but well, well, whatever. World Cup. I don't, <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't like soccer. Well, all right. Do you like we'll, soccer? We'll move on. No, no, no. We'll, we can talk soccer. Do you like soccer? It's not my favorite. Obviously, I like uh, the NFL and NBA uh, more NBA so than soccer. Nice, but I'll, I'll, I try to keep up with soccer. Um, yeah, soccer. But in, in any case, moving on to the NBA, LeBron James, you know? Oh, yeah, hit that. Well, apparently he is following Michael Jordan's footsteps, not only just to be the GOAT, but to also buy an NBA franchise. Uh, news reports that... He is – there's an expansion team coming to Las Vegas, and he's going to be not a whole owner but a partial owner of that team. And I can't – I mean, he's – as much money as he's made on the court, I guess he uh, thinks he can keep making it off the court. So this would be – so this isn't a different league. This is NBA, a new team added to the NBA. Expansion and, team, Las Vegas. And LeBron wants – he, so he's a, he's gonna be like a partial. Would, he just is investing in it, or like he's gonna have part stake in the company. He's not a majority owner, from what I my understanding was, but a large owner of the team. Okay, so would he stay in L.A. or would he go to Vegas? That I have no clue. That seems like a conflict of interest. Yeah, like how can you nobody's business? Yeah, how can you own one team while you're still playing for another team? In you clearly, if y'all are in the playoffs, like that has a, it just makes a difference. Like, I mean, this, this what whole, if, expa- like, this what whole if, expansion team doesn't happen overnight, so this isn't probably not next year. Yeah, LeBron will be eighty by the time this is done. <laughs> I hate LeBron. LeBron and Steph Curry suck. I don't like them. And Steph is a generational talent that has revolutionized the game of basketball. He's an inspiration to short white kids everywhere. Sounds like you got this one, Mace. <laughs> no, you're right. He has changed the way basketball is played. Um, I just don't like it. He's damn good at shooting the ball through. He is though. damn good at shooting the ball. But I guess what, like, for the reason I hate him so much is because what was it, 20? I guess it was like 2014, 2015, up until like, what was it? I guess really up until James Harden got traded in, I guess, 2020, you know, every 
every time, like the Rockets would go to the final, like they were the best team outside. Welcome to happy hour. <laughs> they were the best team. Rockets were the best team outside of Golden State for the, you know, every time, every time we went to the playoffs, it's like Rockets could go to the finals, but they're playing the Warriors, you know? So we'd go, we went to the Western Conference finals with them a couple times, like lost. We played them. Like every time we, we crossed them in the playoffs, they pretty much lost. Um, so now when I watch the Warriors, I just like I'm so wired to be rooting for them to lose that it's like exciting to just like go against them, you know. So you're bitter, is what you're telling. Very me. bitter. Yeah. All right. Everything's starting to make sense now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I really hope the Celtics can win this. They had a, it was a really good game. They were playing a, like Celtics are playing nice, man, and they they really had it up until. Like the seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Is that what it was? Yeah, that was the that was the turning point. Yeah, it was like it was bad. It was, it was bad. They just, they just they held them well, and and usually the Warriors, I feel like they're like a third quarter team. You know, like if they if they out if Warriors, Warriors typically if they outscore in the third quarter, they're gonna win. That's typically how they're gonna go, and. You know, that didn't ha- really happen last night. Like, like Celtics held them most of the time, and then they just kind of pulled through at the end. I was like, damn. Back out of here. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> okay, there we go. What's good, bro? Yeah, man. Welcome to happy hour. You just saved us, bro. We, we had technical difficulties. <laughs> I think Zach's having technical difficulties maybe a little bit. Yeah, I think his, Zach uh, is. Hey, signal. Demarius, can you turn yours sideways? Bet that'll look better on the on the recording. Cool. Let's talk. Um, we wanted to talk Young Thug. Young Thug, bro, let's break it down for the people. So um, probably, I, still, I feel like probably half of my people listening would probably are very familiar with Young Thug. Maybe half aren't. Um, so yeah. Young Thug, he's a rapper. He is, I th- think he's pretty talented. He's Wait, got a lot he's of a rapper. Rapper. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a lot of good music. I'm a big fan of Young Thug. So basically, and, and Demarius, jump. This is why I wanted you on. I want you to jump in. I feel like you're probably more up to speed on this than I am, but I think it's like worthy of talking about. So Young Thug's a rapper based out of Atlanta. He's with YSL, signed Gunna, and for he's he's basically right now he is he got arrested. Um, a, while, a few weeks ago, and or what? When was this? A couple months ago? Uh, I think it was about like a month ago. A month ago, and yeah, month um, ago. so it's really controversial. So um, I'll jump to where I know. So like, they get what they're trying to charge them for is for RICO charges. So um, racketeering. They're saying that Young Thug is the leader of this gang. They're calling YSL, which which Young Thug and Gunner are calling it uh, their record label. And it's um, they, from what I've seen, there's there's it seems like there's. I'll be honest, like on the on the uh, the people that are indicting them, like it's it they have pretty good evidence of him maybe doing something wrong. The part that's controversial is them using his lyrics in the music, right? Am, am I right that far? Yeah. So um, it's just a weird situation to me. Um, so it's the, it was the district attorney out there in Atlanta, Georgia. She's like, she's really trying to crack down. And I would assume because Atlanta's like the LA for rap to what LA would be for going to do movies and like shows and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. um, they, I guess that the, it looks bad on the, 
district attorney or whoever's in charge there if you know people are if that's the culture is just the you know however however they're offended by it so um i i don't know what do you what's your take on this like what when you first saw like break this down for me when you first saw this what you what you thought what you felt and then how you feel about it now should young thug be a free man should should he not be you know what i mean they should at least let that man make his bail. They denied him from making bail, you know. They wouldn't even let him out. He got to stay in, I think, until the beginning of next year. Yeah, that's what I heard. Was it January? Yeah. Like, Yeah, they denied his bail. My thing is, like I said, I don't know the full, full details, but that shit ain't right that you can use somebody's rap lyrics to try to prosecute him or try to get him, hit him on some charges. Like, yeah. Because at, at the end of the day, rapping is like almost like acting. That's like a, that's like a character. Young Thug is the name of the artist. That's not right. the person. You know what I'm saying? That's not Jeffrey the person. That's just that's the massage. That's the character. So you know, like that's, I don't know. To me, that's just you can't lock your butt up over no lyrics, bro. Because it's, it's with storytelling. You don't know what's real and what's not. It's, it's lyrics. Yeah, yeah. June third, USA Today posted uh, a Georgia judge denied bond Thursday evening for an Atlanta rapper, Young Thug, who's. Con- who is accused of conspiracy to violate Georgia's RICO Act and participation in a criminal street gang. That's crazy. Yeah. What's your thought? My thought are this, bro. Um, I'm kind of with you as far as you can't, like, I don't, I don't judge, I don't judge him as a person. You know, like, like I don't look at, mm-hmm. at young, I look at Young Thug the artist. I like Young Thug music. I don't know him yeah, as a yeah. person. And yeah. I just can't speak for it. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I like his music. So when I read yeah, this, um, I'm looking at just unbiased, the evidence of what I've seen. And, um, you know, what I've seen is I'll, I'll hit with the hard stuff first, which I don't, I mean, I, I hope a lot of this isn't true. Cause again, I like young thug. Um, yeah. but the, the evidence that I would say, okay, so they're saying that he was renting cars from enterprise and, uh, mm-hmm. that like murders were happening from that. Or and they have like recorded text of saying like I don't know just stuff like you ain't shot him or killed him yet or you ain't pulled up on them you ain't done like it's text of saying like like basically like ordering hits and stuff like that like and if they're actually accusing him of murdering or being or or if he didn't murder them himself if he called the hit on the number they're saying they're saying there's like 50 people right um, to me if if that's if that's true which I'm the last person to ask if any of that's true but if it yeah. is true I mean yeah like that's someone that's killed yeah, 50 that's, people that's should probably different. be off the streets I would yeah, say yeah, that's, that's something different but like I said I feel like if that's the case he should be uh, able to get the bond you know what I'm saying to get the bell out you know what I'm saying and right if that's what they have then that's what they should stick to my thing is if they have that why are they bringing up rap lyrics you know, so that's it, where it, I was. That's where I was getting to. Is is so based? Uh, that's why I was saying kind of the hard evidence first is like I don't yeah. like. You know, there's there's some pretty questionable stuff that they have. That if that's actually true, then you know it might that could be a problem. But but the fact that we don't know that it's true and they're not letting them out on bail and apparently you know that based on the rap lyrics, like that's where it's really questionable. Like name another. You know, what's the okay, so like the Kanye song, right? Imagine it this way. If on the the easy with the game mm-hmm. when he said, God mm-hmm. save me from that crash just so I could beat Pete Davidson's ass. Like what if Pete Davidson came back yeah. and said, I was assaulted by Kanye West? You st- yeah, he'll be able to say that, but just because he said, I see where you're going with it, but you still gotta prove that. No, no, no. I'm saying it I'm on your side. I'm saying that like yeah. like they're gonna indict Kanye because he said a rap lyric and like you know, they, they would need more saying, evidence though, than that. It, what I'm saying, though, 
that shouldn't yeah that that shouldn't be right because you got to be able to prove that that's because yeah. at the end you know I, I get where you're coming from with that and that's a good angle but you still got to prove that you still got to have hard evidence to prove that you know what i'm saying yeah it just can't be you said that and then that happened you got to be able to literally prove that kanye went over there and did what he said he was going to do in this song right that's just how i feel about it but no that's and that's what i'm saying that no that. and i guess yeah. just so i'm super clear i'm saying that from the angle of like um Kanye, literally, when it came out, he's saying he did it as a piece of art. Mm-hmm. The music video, it's a piece of art. Like, he clearly didn't beat up Pete or it would have yeah, made yeah. TMZ. So I'm saying if Pete was just made, like, kind of a bitch move and was like, Kanye beat me up and tried to sue him or something, I'm just saying, like, that wouldn't hold up in court if yeah. that was the situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it shouldn't yeah, be treated any differently right. with Young Thug. Like, they should gather yeah. more evidence until they decide to... That's how I feel. Like, you can't just... Because you, if you want to be honest, man, a lot of these rappers talking about killing people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, it's going, if that's the case, you know what I'm saying? But it's just like, to me, you just, that's just kind of like a reach to me. Like, you're just kind of just trying to reach. I'm with you're you. trying to, I feel like you're throwing a hell bearing and trying to get in. Hopefully somebody catch it. You know what I'm saying? Right. We're going we gonna to reach this and we're going to deny everybody bail and hopefully we, we get something. You talk like, come on, thugger, bro. I'm not saying that he didn't do it or did do it, but come on, man. Thugger, this man, we wear no. dresses, bro. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um. <laughs> What I really hate is like getting on social media and they, they talk about like um, it, the captions are just like the situation for Young Thug just got so much worse. You know, it's like it's just like they're just not helping. It's like, yeah, that's the media always trying to, you know, point the crowd and the audience in a certain direction, you know? Yeah. I, mean, um, I feel like people feed into it. Yeah. What do you think? Did you, Have you watched any of, the, any of the trial live? Nah, I didn't, man. I there's a what's funny it's it's so funny because there's this like this old old white guy and he's like mm-hmm. so and he's and he reads the lyrics and he's like and right here young thug says 100 choppers in the talking about weapons and it's just like dude stop <laughs> <laughs> like come on that yeah. is just crazy to me like yeah i'm just trying to get it in man I, I, that hat man you know that something about that hat man it's a vibe with that hat man yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's happy hour bro happy <laughs> hour we got the howler head you know I mean? <laughs> okay, okay. Tell me, tell me you're joining us in happy hour here. Yeah, you're joining us. I right? just got to the house. I, I don't have uh, a right now. Curly. Party man. foul, bro. Your man, come on, man. Y'all kind of caught me off guard with that, bro. I came with the drinks. <laughs> and, and whatever happened to Zach? He get his act together over there? <laughs> oh, boy, got that broke signal. I think he's still on mute. I can try and unmute him here. Yeah, Let's, yeah uh, try to see if he got his act together. Ask to unmute. All right, bro. Well, what time is it? Seven fifty-four. We're probably gonna we're probably gonna wrap this up. I appreciate you hopping on. This is why we edit podcasts. All right. I heard it all. Say that again. I said I heard it all. It gives young thug life. Young thug for life, a new meaning. It's crazy, bro. Um, Zach's for the record. Zach's a big young thug fan. Loves young thug. Loves Drake. Loves Kanye. Loves Post Malone. Can't ever. I'm always just trying to listen to some Morgan Wallen, some Willie Nelson, but Zach, man, he just won't stop playing Drake. But. <laughs> yeah, he's just talking about how he loves Drake. Um, but yeah, no, uh, let's. I wanted to talk a little bit about. We, we kind of talked about. I think we covered enough current events. Um, Mason, should we plan on going over to the half hour? That's up to you. Let's just, yeah. So, anyways, um, let's talk some commercial real estate. Okay. I can make it as quick or as not as you need it to. Um, 
just go. What's going on in commercial real estate right now? If someone, if let's let's say I'm I'm 26 years old, I'm thinking about either selling or buying commercial real estate. What do I do? Where do I start? Uh, well, how much money do you have? I got nothing, bro. I got two thousand dollars. Dang, yeah. dude. Well, it probably depends on who you're working with. Okay. Um, um, all sorts of stuff going on, dude. You know, a lot of people are uh, taking, you know, say one to twenty acre tracks, fifty acre tracks, and putting buildings on them, multiple buildings with or without yard space, leasing them out, making a lot of money. Are we talking warehouses? Selling those to investments. Are we talking warehouses? Well, like office warehouse. It's kind of like a. It'd probably be like a light industrial type of deal, but what I've seen a lot of people doing is kind of downsizing, minimizing, leaning out on what they have been doing over the last, let's say, five to ten years. And, uh, you know, based on what their decision-making has been because of the, the last two years and what everybody's been running through with that, uh, they have been leaning out. So. We've seen a lot of people, instead of having, I'm just going to throw ballpark stuff out at you, you know, instead of having a uh, main road frontage, 20,000 foot, dis- you know, distribution center or office space or a mix of both of those, they're getting off the main beaten path. They're getting what they need and they're getting back to work. What do you think of the, like, what, how do you feel about the strength of commercial real estate in the next 10 years? Like, what do you think? Is there going to be a lot of growth? Do you think it's going to maybe be a good buying opportunity for people? Um, we, uh, I, I've been doing, cause, cause again, self, I'm self-employed and I don't really have like a retirement plan set up for that. So I've got to kind of, you know, defend for myself when I set this stuff up. So I'm doing a recurring weekly investment. This is real life situation, a weekly recurring investment for, um, one of them, there's a there's a list of the ones I'm investing in, but one of them is CBRE, the commercial real estate company. Just it's one of the better like commercial real estate stocks from the stuff that I'd read. Do your own research. Don't don't buy anything because I said it. But like that's I, I just like you know want to be I want commercial real estate to be a part of my portfolio. And I will say it's it's on the higher end of what I'm investing on a weekly basis. So what would you say, like just the industry as a whole, I'm not, not even, you can forget CBRE, but I'm just betting on the commercial real estate industry. Do you think it's a safe bet to say like, there's going to be a decent sized growth here in the next five to 10 years? Well, I think that depends on where you're at, both uh, around the world and in the country or even within Dallas, Texas state. I mean, I, honestly, I think that Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Austin, I think those areas are going to do good. I think your commie areas are going to not do so great, to be honest with you, because so people are leaving there. So, quickly. Zach, I have a question specifically from the pandemic and commercial real estate just getting hammered. Uh, how do you think it's recovered since then? Uh, I'm a little bit out of the loop, and so I'm not sure if it's recovered at all. Again, it's uh, well. I think it depends on what type of commercial real estate that you're talking about, because there are multiple types of commercial real estate. Whether you're talking retail space or office space or medical space, or like I'm talking this flex industrial type of space that is kind of inclusive of all of those fronts. And to be honest with you, uh, over the last couple years, I've done just as well or better, for that matter, than I've ever done. So. I think, and that's what let's I'm make a let's give him his look, congrats on that one. Let's just so drop we, a drop a comment. 
just so we get it out there, Zach, what, what market? I think a lot of people have made, uh, have, have done really well, not yeah. just in real estate, but in a lot of different businesses. And some of them are having to think of ways of doing business differently. But that's kind of what I was hitting at a little earlier, you know, talking around businesses, leaning out and doing business differently. I've heard that over and over and over and over again, at least here in Texas, yeah. you know. Just reducing so, some of that uh, risk that they have a little bit. Uh, I think that's probably created a little bit of runoff from the pandemic as far as just backing off a little bit or, as you said, lean off. Did you mention I – mean, if you did, I, I apologize. Did you if, – if you had to bet on the best sector within commercial real estate, what would you say is the best – like is it is it retail? Is it is it where industrial? Is it uh, commercial multifamily? Like, what do you think would be the best bet for someone? Like, if they and and I, I was joking earlier about the month, the startup funds, but like, if they actually have money to start investing in commercial real estate, what would you advise them to invest in? Uh, like any investment, invest in what you know, you know. And whenever I'm talking to these groups, what if they, but what if they don't know anything? Well, then they need to go learn. They need, yeah, they need to learn. <laughs> Yeah. He said they need to go learn some shit. Like, they will all do not as wrong. well as you do and work as hard as you do. And, and like we, you were kind of asking a second ago, there was a lot of questions that came out there. But, uh, you know, how how strong is the market going to be? I think it's as strong as we have it be, you know. I mean, I think there's some stuff that's always going to be out of our control there. But of course, uh, there's there's always, you know, people, people that are money-making, decision-making people – uh, we'll tell you there's always a time to to make good or bad moves and make more or less money you know yeah whether, what would you okay if it's markets are going down if it's you note being that you you have a, a wide area of knowledge on commercial real estate what sector would you buy first if you went and commercial for a number of reasons, I would probably buy this flex industrial type of space. And I keep saying industrial. I don't want it to seem too gritty. I mean, some of these spaces, that's why it's kind of a flex space. Uh, they have, like, maybe a commercial frontage that's dressed up with a lot more facade, might be the word. But they have enough space to do their operations in more of, like, a metal construction or a, a concrete tilt wall. So, to answer your question, for a number of reasons, this flex industrial type of space, because it captures a lot of the, the haystack, you know, whenever we start talking about needles in a haystack, it captures a lot of that audience and a lot of those businesses that maybe can do commercial, like proper frontage, will, if they're able to, go into these type of spaces for a number of reasons, mainly because they're not quite as expensive, and that is another reason why I would... Uh, work in that type of space because it's less money to get into the game like you're saying if you have you've already told me you have no money and no experience <laughs> i would i would go with something that is the most dummy proof uh system and to me that is this light or, or flex industrial type of space and you can start that in a number of ways how much money would you need to get into that I mean, so we, it depends, right? Everybody wants and has their own ideas. And we talk about this all the time. It's not always like, what is the property? It's what's the property that will work, right? So even something like that, if you can, and it depends, this depends on where you're at. Like you're saying, Dallas, Texas is maybe a little bit different, but that type of dirt, meaning the land or the track that you're buying is probably going to be on the less expensive side of other tracks that you're looking to buy, um, so Zach, so, I mean, you can get in as low as in some parts of the state, let's say we're like 
I'm just kind of like pulling pulling places out of a hat here, but like if you're between Houston and Dallas and some of these smaller subsidy areas, but they have their own micro economies, you know, you could dip into there and probably pick up an acre for shit. I don't know, less than a hundred thousand bucks. Twenty, you know, it used to be twenty five, but probably a lot more than that now. You know. <laughs> So you're talking specifically about getting the acreage. Uh, what about, say, there's already an existing site on there? There's a structure already there. And what's the loan-to-value that you're typically seeing? I mean, as far as the down payment, what does someone expect on a million-dollar property? Are we at 20% LTV? Well, yeah, are we at that, depends. that depends on who your lender is. And private lenders are going to be a lot different than talking to a bank or sure. you know, traditional third-party lending. but. You know, I would say it's a little more than like 20%. You're probably looking in general 25 to 30. Some yeah. even want more skin in the game yep. um, for multiple reasons. And I'm kind of talking around land because for the sake of it, land's never going to go to zero, right? But um, like, you know, potentially a, a stock could, but um, but a building is going to cost more. Well, is, is, and that's what I was saying. Like if you have no money and no experience, you can still buy land and do something with it, you know, but again, do your homework, know what it is that you're buying. And that might take a learning period. You know, if somebody's looking to start investing in real estate, their first step there might uh, be a year's worth of educating themselves on what it is that they're even talking about. That's great. Unless advice. if they just are, yeah. you know, if they got a million bucks and they're looking to go spend it. But again, it's all relative. 10 bucks is the same as a million bucks. You're just moving the zeros around. What's a million dollars if you don't know what to do with it? Right, or if you don't know how to do with it, you know, <laughs> we I, I, we talk about that all the time. That most people probably don't have that much money because they don't know how to how to handle it. Real quick, um, when I so I want to with I'll count I'll just give feedback on what you're saying. So um, my personal situation, I think this will be valuable for people to hear actually. So I'm a real estate agent in Dallas, and um, you know, single guy, self-employed, and I actually so my lease is up in September, and I was like looking at places to move, and um, before I was applying at apartments, I was just like, well, maybe I'll just buy something, and I kind of made this commitment to myself that I'm not going to buy a property until I can really get like a, at least a threeplex or a fourplex. That way, I can rent out three of the units that'll pay off most of the mortgage, and it's a you know it. Hopefully I can get like a nice townhouse, something like that. But, you know, when I went to apply, I couldn't, I wasn't really able to get what I wanted to get. So, um, I, but I still felt like I needed to put my money somewhere. That's why I started doing, uh, recurring investments into some of these stocks. So, um, I said CBRE was one of them. The one that I'm most bullish on is actually, um, there's two of them. So there's American tower and they, um, they're actually a multifamily, but it's like, it's like uh, vertically integrated. So they have, it's like from construction to actually the leasing process. It's like the whole package deal. Um, so it's, it's pro- predominantly a multifamily uh, stock. So that's one of them. And then XLRE. So that's a, it's a spider. Um, and it, it's, it's a, it, a good analogy. Mason could probably give good feedback on this, but I would, I would compare it to the S and P 500 for real estate. Is that fair? Fair enough. So, um, index fund for real estate. Yeah. And then the other ones I'm doing are like gold. The reason I'm doing that is because, um, there's a really good book out called, uh, principles for dealing with a changing world order. It's by Ray Dalio. And he's just talking about, you know, the cycles of a, uh, cycles of the empires, you know, and it talks about the declines and it just seems like with what we're going through, 
and how just how things are going like we america could very well be on the decline and, and in those periods of recessions and hard hardships you know a lot of times real estate and gold have been trusted places to put your money so that's that's the reason i'm doing that not saying that is financial advice for anybody but i do think that's something worth thinking about especially now in a recession uh typically gold you see as that recession proof asset uh mm-hmm. that'll typically hold its investment better than a lot of stocks that are tanking 30%. Like the NASDAQ over the last six months has gone down nearly 30%, whereas gold in that same time, maybe it goes down 2%, you know? Right. Zach, tell them about – you're doing some cool stuff with um, building. You know, you haven't expanded, but you've, like, tested proof of concept and done your own stuff. Why don't you tell people a little bit about that? Man, it's the idea of measure three times and cut once, you know, uh, and this is all stuff not necessarily that my own money is doing, but that I represent other groups in. Um, and they, you know, they ask me, what are you getting the most calls on? What are you getting the most play on? What are people most looking for? And our goal there is always versatility and marketability that anybody can go in there. My idea, too, around all of this is that, you know, no matter how the market goes up and down, whether it's luxury real estate or large acreage stuff or more retail frontage, um, these types of small businesses are always going to need a place to cut and fabricate metal and work on stuff, you know, and store stuff. So yeah, and those types of buildings are always going to be there. So that's why, you know, again, it's not like I have any great ideas further than just being around people that I think have these great ideas. And my idea is always just to pass those along, you know, the best that I can. Yeah. So that's that's where I get a lot of these uh, things from. It's just people that have shown time and time again for years and years and years, for that matter, to be uh, fairly recession-proof based on their basic building blocks and decisions that – and how they make those decisions. Yeah. And it's just, that's, it's just, I think right now it's so important to think about, you know, like, man, especially. Uh, So you kind of touched on like empires coming in and out, right? Like that's a whole different conversation than just like a recession, right? Because like if an empire falls, your stocks are not necessarily at all what you're worried about in general. You know, maybe like your wealth in general is what you're kind of thinking around, but uh, and real estate, even for that matter, like I was saying, never goes to zero. At that point, it never goes to zero if you can, you know, man the, the ground, if you can defend it. <laughs> so yeah. there's always that. So what I'm getting at is there's there's a wide range of, like, what we're talking about here of a recession and kind of everybody buckle up and be prepared to to work a little harder and it, maybe it not be so easy as it has been over the last year say and maybe and again this is just me but i feel like i've been busier over the last uh year or so a couple years than i have been now at the beginning of like of the whole coronavirus thing early 2020 maybe that was a little different conversation mostly and it wasn't so much that people weren't ready to make the move but they were quite concerned like nobody was sure of their decision making you know and if you got them to papers and you probably got them signed if you didn't get them there and they were still just trying to wrap their head around it you probably weren't signing the deal but a lot of deals were coming through you know i've seen a lot of leasing coming through yeah you're killing Uh, it on leasing by the way like zach is if especially especially if you're in new bromble zach is like the guy out there man he's killing it like i just yeah hear about you the way you do your leasing operations i'll leave it at that is just 
really cool. And it, it makes me want to, you know, I, I think that I've just spent so much time focused on residential income and single family that it's hard to transition out, at least at this point, maybe sometime down the road. But, you know, hearing you talk about how you, you know, get these listings and leases, it's like, man, there's so much opportunity with what you do. And it's, it's really cool to see you grow and kind of change the companies that are better. Like, I don't know, and we both go through it at the same time. So it's like, it's cool. It's just really cool, you know? So, um, that's just a zoom you'll have it figured out what do you think what do you think's the biggest contributor to the growth you've been doing like what do you think it i i know there's time like like for anyone watching if you're if you're thinking of starting a business you're it takes time it takes a lot of hard work and it takes a lot of rejection but you know given the basics, like we all understand those things. Is there anything maybe unique you're doing or just like, cause you're, you've got a good system and you've, um, maybe so. Yeah. I mean, to, to be honest with you, the biggest contributor has probably been my wife being able, like, especially early on, I'm not making decisions. based on. I feel that shout out wife, Marissa, if you're out there, shout out. Sometimes it's not, Damn, but, I need a uh, wife. <laughs> she's being uh she's been sharp dude and she's always had a good job and good benefits so i never had to feel any huge pressure uh other than just doing it you know so Word. that that is the answer though is just to continue doing it to answer your question uh she she has been the biggest contributing factor that i may or may not have been able to variable <laughs> you know yeah well, um, we're going to probably, we got about 15 minutes left, so we'll probably uh, get off of this and me and Mason will probably finish it out. Did you have anything? Um, and again, like if you're in New Braunfels, San Marcos, what other areas do you serve? Man, pretty much anything. Austin, San Antonio, Bandera to Gonzales. In short, we uh, work with farm and ranch type properties, maybe that have always been farm and ranch, to go to developers, which most of the time we end up helping them plan those uh, developments. Awesome. And sell that invest as an investment to a, a cash flow buyer, you know, so. Or, well, if you're in those areas, so basically Texas Hill Country and you need commercial real estate, Zach's the guy. If not, Ashley's the girl, you know, so just hit him up. We'll, we'll put his contact information uh, live. You probably won't find it, but on YouTube when we record this or edit it, it'll be up there. Uh, really appreciate you hopping on, Zach. I, are you are you are you cranking brews? It's happy hour. Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny. I mean, Zach's cranking. Time, you, he's on them Lone Stars, next son. Next time we will have the video and audio working. Next right. time you're gonna be in Dallas. Actually, matter of fact, uh, we could record one Thursday. Or I'll be in Dallas next weekend. Do you want to do one Thursday? I'm gonna be in Dallas. We can do one Wednesday Thursday. Sunday. Let's do one Thursday. It's my birthday. Plans are happening live. Live plans. Live. Zach's going to commit live that he's going to come do a podcast live with me on my birthday, right? I'm going to be in Dallas. I'm not sure. Zach will be here June 16th, <laughs> 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Zach Barfield live in the studio. <laughs> I'm not sure where I'll be. All right, <laughs> All right bro. Y'all be good. Let me know. All right. Good talking to you. See you.
So speaking on that, let's talk a little bit. Um, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, we got about 14 minutes. So um, let's do this. I'm going to set a timer. Let's do, I'm going to, here we'll go six minutes. All right. This goes off. I may finish before, but we'll let you go. Long story short, right? So Zach's talking about, you know, we're, we're talking about when we when you first get started in real estate. I think in any business, no matter what, it's it's so hard at first. I remember specifically when I, I, I first got into real estate, I was, I had just, I was working at uh, Capstone Cottages in San Marcos. I was doing leasing. Zach, who was just got off the phone, he was doing commercial real estate down in, actually at the time he was doing a lot of single family. He hadn't got into commercial yet. And he um, kind of, I would say without Zach, I wouldn't be in real estate. I don't think I would be. Um, just seeing him do it firsthand and it kind of aligned with what I was already doing. I was like, I, I think I could do that. And, and he was, he was so helpful at first, you know, like it's like, man, it's so helpful. Um, and, uh, long, I mean, so, uh, it, I remember the first cold, cold calls I was making, ironically, it wasn't even for real estate. It was for, I was working in real estate and I just got started. I had a couple leads I was working, but I actually had, uh, worked for a marketing company, a digital marketing company at the time. This was 20, uh, 17, 2018. And I, it was my side job. And it was the stupidest thing I ever did because I was like, I'm going to do a side job. That's also sales, all commission. So my side job was commission. My main job was commission. So they both just pulled from each other. But I learned so much at the marketing company. And um, I remember, like, I learned cold calling. I would cold call people. I, my job was I would, I would cold call businesses, and I would sell them our, our digital marketing products. And um, uh, shout out Ty. I forget his last name, but his name's Ty. He, he taught me so much in Austin. He's in Westlake. He does commercial real estate. And, um, man, what a great guy. But... I remember talking with him. I met him through digital marketing. He was one of the cold calls I made, met up in person. I'm getting ahead of myself, but um, the like one of the first cold calls I made, I remember I was like, hey, I checked out your web. It was like, I checked out your website and you're missing this. You need our, and then I pitch him the problem, you know? And he was like, he asked me something like, what's the color of the website? And I'd already exited out. I did check it out, but I'd already exited out. And I couldn't remember when he asked me. I was like, uh, one second. And he was like, you lied to me. Like, oh, like, and he just like spazzed out. It was just like some business I Googled that I called and tried to like sell him something. And uh, I just remember because it was like one of the first couple weeks I was in real estate and I, I, I cried. I was like, I had already mentally committed to this. And I was like, life is going to be so hard forever moving forward because I'm going to have to deal with this nonstop. Otherwise, I'm not going to get paid. And, um, you know, it's just funny how things work. Like, it's just, you just, some of the most memorable conversations are uh, the ones that didn't go the best, you know? Yeah. Like the ones where you get bitched out, the ones where you uh, get somebody – where you do – where say say you do something wrong and let me let me put it let me Let me identify that. When you step into the unknown, you, you have to be willing to accept any response. You know, that's how you learn. And and if you fail, you're gaining data points that help you figure out how to win. And if you win, you're probably early. This happened to me. One of the first closings I had was um, the best clients ever. Like, it was the best. It was this place in San, it was in San Marcos and $350,000 at the time. It's probably worth six hundred now. It was, it's a beautiful home. It was, it, to this day, probably the most beautiful home I've sold. It was the first one I did. And I was a little spoiled. It was like within a first month, month and a half, I, I got – paid on a $300,000, $350,000 home. And it's like, this is easy. And then I thought it was easy and I just spent all my money and just screwed up and made it hard on myself. And, 
you know, you, it, it's like I just got lucky, and that getting lucky, it was still a learning experience, but it's just it ended up, you know, and, and I look at it, it's hard to it's hard to think of. You just have to create purpose out of things. It's because, like, if it didn't happen, I can look back at it now and say, I may have got discouraged, and I may not be doing real estate now. But at the time, like, it, that was the encouraging thing that kept me going. It's like, I see this is possible. I've already got paid on this. It's, it can happen. I didn't know this person. I met him. It closed. I got paid. And I was in college, dude. Like, that's a lot of money to make in college. And it was great. Um, so, you know, but being said, my whole point on saying that is just um, I hear a lot of stories from people that just get discouraged super early. And it's, it's, it's just hard. Like, it's, it's, it's when you step into creating your own thing, like, you have to be willing to accept any response because you, you just you're going to try things and you don't know if it's going to work or if it's going to fail. And, um you know, shout out Ed Milet. He said this, he said that, you know, just when you enter into something, just find the minimum, you know, like what's the minimum I could take away from this. It's going to keep me happy if it doesn't get the maximum result. And that just stuck with me. It's like, you know, even with this podcast, I was nervous. I told him I was nervous. And it's like, if anything, like we can look at this and say, well, at least we had a good time, a good conversation. You got to keep learning. That's, that's the biggest thing. It's all about growth and yeah. learning. And, and just, the, I mean, the next time we do this, it will be even better. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, look how rough our start was, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like we had, like, we it. didn't know what we're doing. One of, one of my favorite <laughs> sayings is, it's the way the road. Yeah. It's so, um, I just, I mean, for anyone, you know, like, and um, I see my mom just comment. I told her I'd shout out Kim, so shout out Kim. Oh, God, what a lovely Kim, lady. Kim, happy hour. <laughs> what a, Kim is just a wonderful human being. <laughs> Kim's amazing. Kim, I got the best mom in th- the world. Thanks for all the support you know? and the encouragement. Look at those hearts, and dude. And the love. Look at those. Look at the just, love. Mm, what a woman. <laughs> so uh, I was telling her this last night, though. I was like, look, I want to see everyone do well. Like in real estate, I have a lot of friends that are in real estate. I want to see them do well. At the same time, we'll let Mason hop over and tell him what he tell everyone what you're up to after this. But at the same time as I want to, I, I like, I really like, there's no, there's no malice with like how other people are operating, but like you, it, I think about it like a sport. Like I want to crush you. Like I want to eliminate you. I want you to go back to your nine to five. I want you to be out of this. I, this is mine. You know what I mean? Like, like, and, and it's not like I just like, I don't mean that in a way of like, does that competitive nature stress you out? Yes. Every night, like I lose sleep over it. But I love it. That's just how, like, I love it. Like, at the same time, it's like, it makes, like, losses are so hard. But, but, but people don't understand when things click. I mean, I'll be on another level. Like, I'm just, like, so excited and so happy and just, like, and, and I wouldn't get that if it weren't for just screwing up, man. Like, just losing, like, over and over and over. Like, and, and something works. And it's like, man, I don't got to worry about this, like, where I'm going to get food. I don't got to worry, like, like. As long as those are covered, man, like, I'm in the best industry ever. I'm so happy in this. Like, I love it. You know the good thing about losing, Wes? What's that? It makes the wins feel that much better. Couldn't have said I didn't say it better myself. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, even this, man, even doing the podcast, like, man, like, you remember, like, we did Zooms, like, for years. Like, it's just, like, just being here, man. It's such an exciting feeling, like, just – I just love, like, the growth. Like, this is the growth. Like, right here. This is happening live. Like, this is the growth. It's like we're, if nothing else, like, this studio is better than the last. Like, And it is cool. And it's 
it is really cool that everything's documented and you can look back on it and see that. Dude, uh, and, and, and last, like, a couple nights ago, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, some of these videos I just, I, I was, there's there was a time period um, about a year ago and it's just like it was the darkest point of my life, you know? And, like, for a long time, it's hard to go back and watch some of the stuff I was putting out because my state of mind was like, I just got to throw something out there that's going to hit. And I'd throw anything out there. I didn't care what it was. I wanted views. I wanted to, to like, I want to throw something out there that's going to work. I don't care how I look. Like, I wanted the attention. Um, and I, I, go, I go back and watch them, like, a couple nights ago. And I'm like, why was I so frustrated? Why was I so mad? Why was I so, like, upset, you know? And 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 i just i can see firsthand like everyone like if you don't document it you have to think of what it may have been and there's bias in that but if you see the video like the, it, i just don't like if i can look at it it's like i don't like what i did there i don't like how i like hindsight's 2020 man no but it's just it's it, you're right but it's the fact of like being able to like know that and then go back and be like here's the actual video you know and and it's and it's not it's deeper than the video, you know what I mean? It's just like it's just I can I can see it and think of how I was thinking, like my frame of references at the time. And it's, um, man, I'd almost encourage people even if they don't want to do a YouTube channel, like just document. Like it's just it's it's a cool thing. It's a cool experience to just like. Yeah, and that's really different from the past too. We've really never had the. I mean, we've had cameras for a long time and video recorders for a long time, but it's really never been this accessible. It's been the photo with the story from whoever has the photo. You know what I mean? So, um, nonetheless, we got four minutes. We got four minutes left. Um, Sounds like we need man, to wrap it up here, Man, this was a good time, wasn't it? Did you have fun? Great time. Great time. Great like, this, studio. Is, this is great. Where are we going? We're going to Greenville, right, after this? Lower Greenville? That's the plan. We're going to Lower Greenville. But nonetheless, thank you so much for watching this. Please subscribe, like, share. Mason, God, it's a pleasure. You know, welcome to happy hour. This is happy hour. So happy hour for us. Love, love y'all. Um, I hope y'all enjoyed it. We're going to edit this. We're, gonna be better. we're signing off. <laughs> signing off. Weston needs to make some editing magic happen. No, we got to go to Greenville. Lower Greenville. We got to... Uh, Late pod send. Tapping out. Tapping out. All right.